This is where intuition works. Um, so the, the word that I like to use is synchronicity. When we are in a moment which we feel is synchronized, we, we use that word. Uh, I think it was supposed to be used by Freud or something. Oh, no, um, Jung. And um, I think it's very important because that is when there is a complete connection between the bigger field of all potential and yourself. And you're kind of like on the same page. And it's a real affirmation of, oh yeah, life does rhyme. Life, um, the life that we experience here is totally connected to something much bigger going on. And there is, um, there is this electrical and magical connection that we can't quite form physical words around because it's outside of time and space. Hi friends and welcome to The Geode, your guide to modern wellness and woo. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. I'm a mom, a veteran, and a modern mystic, and I'm on a mission to create an inclusive wellness community. A few years ago, I found myself drawn to the world of spirituality and I loved it, but I also felt really self-conscious about what I didn't know yet. I didn't feel comfortable asking questions or showing up to certain events, and I definitely never heard or saw anyone with a voice like mine, someone who's grounded, relatable, approachable really funny, and also really witchy. And that's why I created this podcast. On the podcast, we're going to cover everything from astrology to crystal healing, energy work, human design, and even tantric Ayurveda all from the perspective of relevant practitioners and thought leaders. I wanted to create a safe place for you to learn more about these contemplative and mystical practices and offer a variety of information so you get to decide what resonates with you on your own terms. I hope that you love it because I love you. Welcome back, friends. I'm really excited because today we have an incredibly special guest. It's Sarah McLean Bicknell, also known as Grandmother Sarah. She is full of lots of wisdom, and I'm really excited to learn from her. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a great honor to step into the forum where you get to talk to people. Thank you. Yes, I hunted (laughs) you down. I'm I'm so glad you agreed. Um, I know that you have a wealth of knowledge. You, you come with a lot of wisdom. Um, you have online courses, one-on-one mentorship. You are big with ceremony, teaching. Um, I know the pillar of what is important to you seems to be connection, community, ceremony, and respect. And some of the things that you have within your mentorship, ceremony, and teaching is Celtic mysticism, tarot, sacred, the sacred directions, spiritual activism, Indigenous wisdom, helping the empath, dreaming, deepening intuition, and something that you call constellation days. Constellation work, yeah, that's um, family constellations. Most people know it like that, and uh, quite the resume. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I am in my seventies, so I think it happens when you. <laughs> um, so I know that you come to us with a lot of information with the individual, the group, the person, the spirit. Today, I would really love to speak about dreams because that's something I'm very interested in. And I think that's something um, a lot of people have interest in. Um, In your program and in the way you work, how do you identify dreams? That's a very big question, isn't it? 
I would, you know, dreams are very central to my life and always have been um, in that I was a vivid dreamer as a child. I was fortunate to grow up in a family where dreams were, were often shared. And so there was a place for them in, in the family, at the family breakfast table. Well, not every day, but if something unusual happened and if I had a really bad dream, I could always get into my parents' bed and they would listen. And um, so I've all, I would say I've always been in relationship with my dream time and through that relationship have developed a really close connection and a great and deep respect of the power of dream time. And then during the courses of my life, I've had the, you know, the fortunate experiences of working with dream groups and being part of as well. And I think the ones, the particular understanding of dreaming and perception of dreaming that has really shifted the way I walk in the world with my dreams has been what comes from more of an indigenous community um, of dreaming, what I call indigenous dreaming, which is fundamental to all of us because the one thing that has never changed, you know, in the human existence, we dream the same way as our ancestors did. We dream, this, you know, the dreaming process is been with us since the beginning of our human family. And um, it's just in the, you know, as we progress more into industrialization and city living and so on, we've as a civilization, as a, as a Western culture, we have become more separated from our dream time. And it's led to the space of, oh, it's all made up or it's um, rubbish or it's a brain discharge. I mean, there's, there's lots of different expressions, which I don't find in the way that I walk my life to hold any sense of truth to it at all. The dream time is running 24-7. It's, it's here when it, we're asleep and it's here when we're awake. Everything is alive, including the dream time. And if you look at the Aborigine dreaming, which carried some of the most powerful teachings around dreaming, it is that it's from the dream space, dream time, that um, this material world that we know, this physical world that we walk around in, have conversation, five senses in, is a manifestation from the dream time. So from the dream time come the seeds that we experience as trees, as human family, as mountainscape, as um, invention, as solution, all of those things. It is preceded in the dream time. So access to dream time is very exciting. It's very integral. And I am passionate about as many of us waking up to becoming what I call a conscious dreamer as opposed to an unconscious dreamer. Wonderful. Um, and something that I heard, I think, in a video that you made was um, that I thought was really fascinating is that you said the inception of all things come from a spark, an idea, an inspiration, and all of that comes through the mind and through the sleep when the mind can rest. Um, is daydreaming a part of that ancestral uh, intuition? Yes, yes. I mean, there, as I said, the dream time never goes to sleep. It's always going. It's going right now as we speak. We've already, there's much in the dream time that has already occurred about what we're experiencing right now. And so, um, 
it's just so when you are daydreaming or what you call a daydreaming you are visioning you're using that part in your brain which we call the imagination and an awful lot's got stuck on that as far as language and context and you know over time but let's just if you can uh think of it now in a more sort of uh technical spaces, an aspect of our brain, and it's called imagination. And it's very connected to the um, pineal gland, which is the center of your head, which is the third eye, et cetera, et cetera. So all information coming in from out, from, from space and out of time and that which we can't see with our physical eyes or necessarily hear with our physical ears, but is a vast infinite field. That information comes through the same place as when we're visioning in the daytime, we are also using that same part of the brain. So that all information is collecting there and is being resourced there and is being held there and understood and the conversations going on all the time that you have no idea about. So it's in the conscious state, right? So it's this incredible place of dialogue and exchange of ideas that are going on the whole time. Um, it's a very, very fertile, creative aspect of the brain, which has influence outside of just your personal self. That's fascinating. I know that this is a really abstract, big topic, but um, is is that space um, what people now call intuition, spirit, or are these separate things? No, this is where intuition works. Um, so the, the word that I like to use is synchronicity. When we are in a moment which we feel is synchronized, we, we use that word. Uh, I think it was first used by Freud or something. No, um, Jung. And um, I think it's very important because that is when there is a complete connection between the bigger field of all potential and yourself. And you're kind of like on the same page. <laughs> and it's a real affirmation of, oh, yeah, life does rhyme. Life, um, the life that we experience here is totally connected to something much bigger going on. And there is, um, there is this electrical and magical connection that we can't quite form physical words around because it's outside of time and space. So when it shows up within our reference of time and space, which would be our daytime, right? We often experience that as intuition, insight, aha, uh, synchronicity. Um, a magical connecting moment, anything like that. And that means right at that moment, you're on the same page as your creator. Cool. Um, what I, I know I don't like to give too much attention to anything negative, but I have struggled with nightmares. What are, is that also intuition talking to you? Is that dark energy trying to get to you? What, what do you, how do you classify nightmares? Nightmares, I don't, it's, I don't really see that as dark energy coming to get you. Um, nightmares, um, remember that in this place in the brain, which absorbs all of these different things, um, gets translated and interpreted by a left brain as imagery or so on, is really responding. Remember, dream time is light and vibration. Dream time is pure light. And so it's your brain that translates it into imagery that you can understand, but it's talking about a language outside of words, very much an emotional language, a heart speak language, or what often I refer to as dream speak. 
So when the nightmare comes along, there it is often referring to some things that you didn't want to look at. I'm going to oversimplify it right now because there are many different kinds of nightmares, but most of them um, is an att- calling to your attention something that possibly uh, you have a blind spot to or you're not seeing that is really helpful to your evolution of yourself and your soul in life to do this step, to take a look at this piece. It brings it up to the surface. And like everything that's been suppressed or squashed or not looked at or hidden away and so on, it creates a dense energy. And that dense energy is then vibrates differently than dreams of angels and flying. I think we can all connect to that. And so you suddenly find yourself bumping around in some really difficult stuff. And um, so it translates as very dark and sometimes scary. Often uh, these hidden places are absolutely held in through fear of exposure or vulnerability, all kinds of reasons, right? So you're kind of wandering around in your unconscious, which is unconscious because you don't know about it, right? If it was conscious, you'd know about it. So it's kind of the meeting of those two worlds. And I like to take it from the place that, oh, apparently I'm ready to look at this. And um, so it becomes a scouting expedition about the whys and wherefores. Through dream work, through asking these questions, I got to actually heal myself of a fundamental pattern that wasn't allowing me to show up fully into the world. And so... Nightmares, for me, when working with people, 90% of the time are the soul saying, take care of this and change this now because now, now you are capable, now you are ready, now you have what it's needed not to be held in by this anymore. And most of nightmares are constrict about limitation, about constriction, and um, it's held by the emotion of fear so you, don't, you never look at it. Yeah. Fascinating. My son also was struggling for a long time with nightmares, um, which is why I started to look into it because it, I knew that it's something that had to be addressed. It, it's certainly a signal. It's, it, it reverberates throughout the entire body. Like you were saying, when you wake up, you feel it. You still mm-hmm. have that tension. Mm-hmm. Um, I like before you said heart speak because sometimes I have dreams and when I wake up, when I explain it, it sounds so silly but I understood it at a different level when it was in the dream. So mm-hmm. I like the heart speak because I took in the information, but when I wake up and I try and verbalize it, it doesn't do it justice. Um, what about even the dreams where it's like a monkey juggling bananas on a ball on a skateboard? Is that your mind? What like when they're random and silly? <laughs> um, sometimes silly images are great. I love sense of humor in dream work and it's not, um, doesn't happen very often. Um, and it's extremely powerful and it would be, um, here I come back to the sacred nature and ceremony of the trickster and of the clown, sacred clown. And those in our lives that, uh, through silliness bring us into not taking ourselves so seriously. And so when the dream work suddenly shows up with an image and, you know, and to find oneself laughing in one's dreams is just, um, I mean, I wake up extremely happy after that <laughs> experience and to feel that that's what I connected to was the um, silliness of life. And um, 
and there can be more in there. It depends. I need the whole dream, right? I need to understand the whole, you know, hear the whole dream. And then, um, so, but as an isolated image, and if that suddenly paraded right through a dream that was non-consecutive for this to occur, I would most probably laugh a lot. People would say, if they were sleeping in the same room, you were laughing in your sleep. <laughs> and um, I, would, I would see that as a complete gift, but I don't know the whole context. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had that dream, but I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Like some dreams you're like, what was that? But I, I guess it's the investigation into pulling back. What is that? Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the people I speak with, they talk about getting into in your intuition or speaking to the soul. But I feel like you're basically saying that if there is a way that we can connect more to our dreams at a deeper level, we can essentially be the person that connects to our soul and our intuition and to... Absolutely. That is soul speak. The soul does not speak in English or any language. It's not involved with that more intellectual, logical translation that goes on in the left brain. Um, it's very much a right brain. And if it's going to get to the brain, it's going to be in a right brain <laughs> that it gets expressed and it gets expressed through imagination. But um, I think the most important aspect of dreaming for everyone to come into the understanding is that it's very real. And our indigenous elders will tell you that actually we are now presently in physical life in the dream. The dreaming is always occurring, and this is a dream. So it kind of reverses the way we think of it, just like it reverses also the um, energetic sense that everything comes from a from the level of a from your creator, however that concept comes to you, and then slowly materializes into. Um, the energetic field around you, the energetic, like the aura around you, and then condenses even further and slower into the physical body. And that truly the light and vibration and sound precedes our physical experience. And dream work is in the, you you actually start to move around in the realities of light and vibration, which then gets translated into the physical body. So dream work is more alive really than the world that you and I are talking about and people are listening. So we have to right? plug in and we're constantly at like 15% because we're not actually plugging into our source. Our source, that's what's meant by source, right? But also um, to really understand that everybody dreams. They don't necessarily retain it or bring it back. It may not be important to them. And my work is to get as many people into what I call conscious and awake dreaming, which is to be aware that you are a dreamer. And here's the reason why. Right now, we are living in a nightmare. I mean, just take a look and just go into the world sense of ourselves and what we're projecting, what we're dreaming right now is pretty horrendous. We have COVID. We have revolution. We have war. We have so many things going on right now simultaneously. Um, and, you know, during my lifetime, it seems since the Second World War, this is really increasing. The, the speed, the agitation, the compression, the stress. Okay, this is because we need to wake up. 
And one of the most powerful ways of waking up is to become a conscious dreamer, which is to start recalling your dreams, reclaiming your dreaming power. And even if you don't re remember all your dreams, it's the intention. You are now looking in a whole different direction. Otherwise, I would say you're complicit to the nightmare. And that's why the work with dreaming um, is really uh, essential right now. Because the dreamer, the dreamer, when I go into dream state, it's not about what I can get out of the dream state. I am serving the dream state to bring as much light as possible back in whatever way I can or is shown to me to do so. And by, say you just started, okay, I'm going to, I have my intention of being a, I need to call, <coughs> being a conscious dreamer. Just that starts to set you in a different direction, a direction of um, knowing, coming into the knowledge that it is essential right now that all of us wake up to our dreaming and start to really bring as much conscious attention and um, retention back. We've lost so much over the years about uh, oral retention, all, a lot of the skills that, that existed until we started to depend on books. Now we're depending on technology to hold that information for us. So we're not very good with retaining, you know, how, how do you find your way now to anywhere you just look at your phone, right? You don't even have a sense of east, north, west, south, where the roads are, where the hills are, what their names are. You just go. And um, so much, you know, all of, you know, it's frightening to me. I don't know anyone's phone number anymore. Whereas when I grew up and in my early adulthood, you knew everyone's phone number or you had it written down. Yeah, and, and I'm so um, addicted to it. So I'm sure it's impacting my brain. Right. So we've lost that. So that through dreaming, we begin to get, we begin to develop that part of the brain of retaining. So that discipline is really good. We all sleep eight hours, six to eight hours a night. Do you just want to let the power of your dreaming be used by the bigger nightmare that's going on? Or do you want to consciously step out of it, start really claiming your dream time as yours, as your work? and start directing it and focusing it to uh, help yourself, to improve yourself, because there's so much information in your dream time. It'll give you all the information you need to heal. It'll give you all the information about what needs to happen. It gives you change and possibilities in an amazing way. And when you start getting into dream groups and really sort of training at dream time, uh, it's extraordinary what happens and it doesn't matter about COVID and being in your house because your internal world has become extremely vivid and you can travel anywhere. I do, I do, I do know that takes skill, but you know, in the sense skill is training, you know, yeah, um, it's and not the, the necessarily available immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting. That was kind of my dream last night was basically like, of course I can't explain it fully, but it was basically like what you're trying to do is not connecting to the greatest good for all. You're like too laser focused and that there's like this whole thing that you're not connecting to. Right. You, we all need to disconnect from the nightmare, um, which really seriously and that is done the first step of that is to claim your your power for yourself as a dreamer rather than your dreaming energy 
what I call dream chi being used um, for other purposes while you're not looking because you're unconscious and asleep. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so that's step one. Okay, so if somebody's listening and they're saying, you know, I really want to take back my power and, and come back into being a conscious streamer, um, w- I know that you offer the course, and so the course is really the way to connect with it. But in terms of planting some sort of seed or some things that, you know, they can start where they're at, do you have... Just Yeah, just start writing down your dream first thing in the morning when you wake up, before you do anything else, and if possible, even before you get up to pee, um, write whatever comes to your mind, however it seems. And if you are blank and feel that you didn't dream, you still write, if I had dreamt, this is my dream. Let this imagine, because you're actually, what you're about to write is what you dreamt. On It may not be, um, sometimes it seems like in daytime stuff because you're already waking up, but behind it, the energetics of it is. And there's huge success for people like that who starts to develop that skill. You have to pee, come back to bed, lay in the same position as you woke up in, and then write. But that's the discipline. And even if you do that like two or three times a week, make that commitment, your dreams will start to come in pretty strong Um, and get involved in dream groups. Um, The, because that's, that's where things really start popping. Um, And in the, in the community I have online, we, there are dream groups regularly you know, several times a month um, and anyone can join the community for the dream groups only you know people join the community for different aspects of the work but um, that one is the strong dream community there and you don't need to have any training or any practice um, I and I'm sure many others have um, an online course mine is called the dreamer and the messenger and it talks about the indigenous dreaming and the practice and how to go about it and also gives you questions uh, to ask yourself when you wake up to help uh, bring the dream into focus for you and how to dream with intention Um, but if everyone that's listening to this could just start going yes I intend to be a conscious dreamer whatever that means I'm just going to start out and I'm just going to make the effort to once or twice a week write down my dreams we've already you've already started to shift your energy out of contributing to the mayhem that is really you know um the lower dense energies having gone a bit amok and so now you're counterbalancing it and being able to start with many of us of keeping a finer vibration going which hopefully will entrain the lower to come into some more enlightened solutions. And what do you, what is your personal opinion on, you know, if somebody has a dream and there's two birds, I feel like most people I know, the first thing they do is they Google, what does it mean to blackbirds in the dream? What is your advice? Well, yeah. Yeah. To me, it's not what the image means. Um, it has to do with the emotion of the dream, the weather of the dream, you know, who are the birds? What are birds to you? because they're going to be different than they are to me. Um, You know, we might even go sort of walking around imaginatively with those dreams, with those birds and allow them to come alive inside of us because they are alive. Um, And that imagery still is still alive and it still has energy and it still has uh, transmission. 
And so that's what, that's why I call it Dreamer and the Messenger. It's, it's the mission, the, the, um, the messages, what, what's being spoken, what's being communicated, what's being shown, what's, what, what, what is that interaction between you and the dream? And are you the dreamer or are you witnessing it? There are so many components that come out when the dream is presented and I hear it from beginning to end. And then um, I ask a few questions and then I wear the dream as, as if it were my dream because I, I need to walk around in it and feel it and sense it from my perspective, which is not going to be the same as you. And the dream itself always is sacred to the dreamer who dreamt it. So I may walk around on it and say some things that have no resonance to the dreamer. They discard it. It's, it's not important. What's important is that that dream is sacred to the dreamer and what emerges for the dreamer in expanding the dream. And there is nothing more amazing than dream work to expand your perception, to expand your inclusivity, to expand your consciousness in all the ways that we're looking for in the sense of compassion. Um, and um, it's very strong right now. I'm noticing the dream works very strong in really informing us all more and more each day about uh, what it means to be more unified. I think it's a real key to the transition we're in right now. Yes. From Does division phone, to unity. Yes. Does the phone interfere with your dreams? Like, should we be on the phone less or it doesn't work that way? It's as soon as you consciously wake up, everything sort of recalibrates. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, uh, yeah, you should write down your dream and we should all discipline ourselves to not having the stimulation to our eyes within the first half an hour to an hour, you know, can we, can we wake up and experience the day without our technology? Okay. Break that habit. It's a good one. Um, what I found is at the beginning, just getting people online to dream is great. And as you develop the power of dream work and you realize how it's constantly informing you, it's your teacher, it's your healer, it's your leader, it's your navigator. It's, constantly um it's your warnings it's it's everything um and it's between you and yourself and creation as opposed to someone in between or someone telling you how it should be or any of that kind of intercessing um it's great and so as you develop that realize with the feedback that you're getting and the way your life's changing and the way your life see, then you become quite passionate about it. And those, those are the dreamers that are stepping out now. And we all want to not look at our technology. I mean, it becomes a natural organic process, which I'm a great believer in. I don't believe in could, should, woulds and just forcing yourself to do something um, that doesn't naturally come out of you. But um, the big dreamers right now, um, they will naturally, they naturally find that that's what they do, that these things fall away because their priorities change. And it's done in a way that's organic and in your bones and is true and is here to stay. It's not uh, just a whim or something passing fancy, which my comment on America, we can get into fads here. And we all go, blah, 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 and everything's going full out. And then, boom, clunk. It's no longer of use because there's no genuine change that's really going on because it wasn't given the space to be able to do it. We need a lot of space. So 
Step one, stop dreaming consciously with that intent. (laughs) Once or twice a week, even once a week. I mean, families that are busy with children, uh, I've been there, I get it. Uh, Sometimes you don't get to write the dream down. Um, Recording it can be good. Um, uh, Even just jotting notes down, just even one word helps hold that dream here long enough that you can unpack it at an easier time, go back to it. Um, And uh, to not give up. And uh, when you have lots of children, there's a lot going on in your house, a lot going on in your house, especially with COVID, you're all interwoven together in a much tighter fashion, less space. And so... Just remember the intention to be there and to, to remember your dream time is enough. And please start opening up the dream space to your children so that it becomes a natural part of life for them to talk about their dreams. However, you know, it's not about meaning. This is not about analysis. Dream, that's insulting to dream time to try and analyze it. Dream time is alive. It's a spirit. It's um, it's informative, it's information, it just needs to be listened to by others and occasionally have the game, well, if this was my dream. And one can be silly with the feedback, it's, um, especially with children. Um, but if it's a nightmare, um, it sort of reminds me, uh, I had one of my children had, uh, my oldest son had, was convinced something was living in his closet and it was really big and ugly. And so in dream time, I explored the closet and I found the monster. And I just sat with the monster for a while in the, you know, I'm dreaming this, right? And just faced it and embraced it and just said, boy, you must be really lost to have to be here in this closet. That can't be very kind. Where's your family? You know? Let me help you find your family. I've got some friends. Maybe we can find your family. So I went through this whole process. The monster, we found, we found fellow monsters and off he went into the island of monsters or something. I'm, I'm not sure, right? And um, the next day I shared that with my son. I said, boy, I'm, you're right. There, is, there was something in your closet. I had a long conversation with him last night and he actually has decided to go away. With, he packed his bags and went away. Mm. My son never had that dream again. And it had been really plaguing him for a while. So it's about taking it seriously, but in a, in a child's way, not in a way, not in that, oh, there's a, some pattern of behavior. That's the adult looking back, right? Um, but when it's your child, you kind of enter into it um, and um, look at it, look at what they're saying and come to that place of, um, what would love do here? And um, what, what is a way to listen to this dream that is understandable for my child that actually helps him or her, not frightens her even more? And it's okay to take your time before you respond. You can say, wow, great. Let's talk about this uh, when you're taking a bath or something tonight. Or, you know, it's like, it's okay to do that while you sit in it to really feel what's going to be a helpful way of dealing with it. And sometimes acting out dreams is a lot of fun with children. Um, you know, if you talk about the monkey and the juggling on a ball and the skateboard and so on, it's like, oh, let's draw it. 
Oh, that's right? cute. That's yeah, cute. let's draw this. What does this look like? What did it look like? What color was the, co- you know, and really get, um, especially if it's kind of a silly positive image like that, then I'd really sort of lock into it. Sometimes there's a drama and you want to act it out with a different ending. Many ways to enter really fully into your children's dreams in a way that, that they begin to realize the importance of them and how they can be of help to them and how they can, um, yes, it's just all the ways. So even if you're not dreaming, I bet you your children are, someone's in the house dreaming and start making that integrated into your daily conversation. That's sweet. I like that. And I try not to with most of the things, I think there can be a tendency to sort of label something as good and bad, where for me, it's all we're curious and we're learning so that they don't feel, oh, I can't share this. Oh, this is negative. And then all of a sudden they put some definition around something. And Dreaming's neither neither positive nor negative. There's different vibrational levels that you're going to feel or sense. And it's us that puts the good and bad on it. It's this left brain. Exactly, busy. yeah. Right. So as much as you can just, as I said, just bring the dream alive in a really beautiful way. And if you're not sure how to do that, then don't give feedback because that will scare the child even more. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and that helps because I do want to take it seriously. Um, and I do like a lot of the reason I do some of the work is because I want it to translate and, you know, children most of the time will listen, but generally they see what you do. And if I'm someone taking my dreams seriously or my health seriously, then they will Mm -hmm. do that. And so part of me wanting to embrace dreams more is that if I just am interested in it's coming up in a conversation, they will also be curious about it. Um, the other way you develop dream work also is through de- developing your imagination more and more. This is not done in this country. It's not done through the schools. You know, the, the connection to art has been dropped. The connection to music has been dropped, right? And um, a lot of the education doesn't really tend to that. And so um, I think it's in... Alice through the looking glass, the Red Queen says, if I haven't imagined six things before breakfast, then uh, I haven't even started my day. And um, that's not an exact quote, but roughly, (laughs) but there is a tremendous importance on the imagination and children have lots of it. And it's very vivid and it gets closed down slowly but surely by the confining aspects of moving into adulthood. So anything parents can do and for themselves to develop imagination, imaginative plays, um, remembering things, reconstructing the room with your eyes closed, you know, just lots of different things constantly is developing that part of the brain and you will dream better and you will uh, retain more vivid um, recollection of your dreams. Because as I said, Everything is alive in the dream time. It is not a sort of flat-lined. No, the imagination is not created in the imagination. The imagination is being fed by it. Awesome. I actually have the opposite problem. I'm like never here. I'm always in the imagination. So I have to work on being here. Um, Why do you, I know that this is probably a, a complicated question, but why do you think that it has become that we lost our way from embracing the dreams as a society? Um, When they started to take us out of the fields and move us into cities and uh, with the industrial age and um, 
more and more people needing to be organized and controlled and the um, stepping in even earlier than that of religions to tell you how it is and what it is. Um, so with the birth of um, consecrated sort of churches, religions, paths that have a distinction, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. And if you don't, you know, there's, there's control and power in all of the spiritual sort of um, mainstream paths, um, including Buddhism, you know, um, it, it's one of the more open, but it's still there about how you do it and what the practice is and so on and so forth. And so um, you just have, you know, dreaming is outside of all of that. And um, so as we've come into more control and more power, it has been essential to cut us off from that dream time. If you're looking at things from an energetic level and that we're in a rather dense and coarse and dark time as predicted, even, you know, in the ancient scriptures about this time, and I mean Vedic, not just Christian scriptures. Um, this time we knew this was going to be a very um, dense, what I'd call a very, very dense time. And so when we're in that density, we don't have access to as much light or memory of light. So it becomes really important to anyone that can hold the light in the dark, right? And dreaming is very much about holding light um, at the moment in the dark. It's interesting to hear because I do feel like as a person raising children, imagination is not valued at all. You know, they want your kid matured so young, people value maturity in little kids. And I was like, but they have so many gifts that we are trying to get back to and never understood it. And it, it's just like something that I can't believe is so unvalued as a society. Imagination is like we're innovating. Like for me, it's the biggest thing, innovation, creation, inspiration. Um, how did you get, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, isn't that a brilliant way to control? That's why we have to wake up and be conscious dreamers and not keep adding to that piece. Sorry, my kids are... Uh, Alive, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky situation because of COVID. There, but um, I, I get it. How would my... If you are someone who uses dreams and that helps when you pass on, then in the other, on the other side, do you become a, a bigger... And well, I don't know exactly because I haven't died yet. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> and we, definitely, we intentionally have this big veil, right? And if we don't have it, maybe some of the answers in the mental institutions. You know, the veil's too thin um, on a 20, you know, all the time. There is a need to keep the, the reality separate. Um, and so we think we know we have a good, but till we do it, all right? That's Fair the unanswered question. Yeah, and there's a lot being written about it. Um, and there's a lot I feel um, must be so, because as you withdraw out of the body, you're going to withdraw into your concept of, you know, you're going to withdraw into dream time. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, my last question, and then we could talk a little bit about the work and how people can find you, is if you were a tarot card, which card would you be? <laughs> I move around. Sometimes I'm 14, which is the art card, or sometimes 
sometimes I can be a number two, and I can, which is the priestess, and then I can be three, I can be the empress. Um, but those are usually the ones that, that um, well, it's new moon, I will definitely step into the priestess tonight. <laughs> Very good. Well, of course, the recording will go up differently. Yes. On a new moon. On a new moon. I'll make sure it goes out on a new moon. Um, <laughs> if people want to work with you, um, either with the dreams or without the dreams, um, how can they work with you and where can they find you? They can find me on the Village Green, which is a community that I'm building online, which is for support as well as there are teachings. I do a Zoom call um, that I usually am referring to something that's pretty current. Um, but it's, and there's, uh, it's called the Village Green. It's on Mighty Network. So we have our own chat, which is not Facebook, but operates like Facebook. It's, it's contained and private. Um, there are different levels that you can join in on and that then reflects to what you have access to. But that's where the dream groups are, which are open to anyone to, even if you don't have a dream, you can come in and listen to the dream groups there. Um, we actually have uh, a book club running right now on systemic racism. Um, that's sort of ongoing right now, but that, that changes to whatever um, is coming forward really for the work to be done. Um, on there, you can, uh, there's a call, which I gave my 2021, uh, outlook and what, this, what the teachings are around that are going to help us and what we need to be focused on so that we may continue to be holding light rather than tumbling into some tumultuous place. Um, mostly it's, it's really beautiful to watch People come and go, they, they, they show up to what they want to show up to. There's events maybe four or five times a month of things going on and plus the dream groups. And there will be more. It's like we just opened this up a couple of months ago. And so it's, it's, it's in its initial growing stage and everyone is welcome. It's, it's definitely spiritually focused. It's energetically focused towards uh, the soul being able to expand and grow into itself. And I would say that I have been pleasantly surprised to see how many are conscious dreamers. And so the dream groups have become really, I really love the dream groups on there. They're really uh, vital and moving and in conversation. Yeah. Beautiful. And we can link everything in the show notes so that everybody can click on that. Um, is yeah. there anything that you want to share with the collective? Oh, there are, I'm also doing the, there will be a course starting the dreamer and the message, which is the beginning course. And that will start in April, I believe of this year and get yourself on my mailing list. And then you get constant. Well, I write on the mailing list maybe once or twice a month. So don't bombard your uh, email but I do it with a piece of writing and then also attach there all the links about what I'm up to and what I'm doing. And usually my travel, but right now I'm not traveling. <laughs> cool. And then and so to anyone who wants to expand on their dreams, they could take the beginner's course. That's starting in March. Absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah. That, well, I think it's going to be April. We were talking about that by the time, because um, I'm teaching an advanced course right now. And so when that ends, there needs to be a breath of fresh air. And then we'll start the next one. <laughs> Take a breath. Okay. And then, uh, is there anything we didn't cover that you would like to share? No, everything's alive and conscious, including your dream time. In fact, it's more alive and conscious than you are here. Yeah, wake up, everyone. It's dreamish. 
<laughs> we're together. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much for um, all of your wisdom and for talking to us about the world we can't see that we need to connect back to. Well, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the interest in the work and into dreaming. Yeah, I would love sometime to hear a whole dream from you <laughs> rather than the juggling guy on the skateboard. <laughs> no, I, monkey, monkey. <laughs> that wasn't my dream, but I feel like that happened. <laughs> no, it's a great image. I love it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Really, really. And so grateful to everyone who's listening because by listening, you're already um, shifting from being part of the nightmare. And I think after, uh, after the big... Um, street upheavals and um, the general sort of upset of revolution trying to occur amongst us, whether we're ready for it or not. Um, It's really an important time to, that we are witnessing. It's not about turning your back and saying, I want nothing to do with this. It's not me because we're all connected to everything. That's your dream time will really show that up. And um, so it's about witnessing it, but also not getting caught up in it and uh, developing the compassion and how is it that you can teach your children about these kinds of things that are going on which don't are about unifying rather than about division it's the gap in between what can we do in there i'm stephanie wood and you've been listening to the geode your guide to modern wellness and woo the podcast you can follow us on Instagram, and if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. You can join me next week for another fun conversation. Until then, I love you. <laughs>